Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I'm your host, Dahlia, also known as the president of Chickenlandia. I'm a backyard chicken educator that has found peace and joy in the chicken yard, and it is my mission to help you find it, too. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. I am ju- I mean, I just got back from Las Vegas yesterday. <laughs> I have been going 100 miles an hour, but it is great to be back. Today, we are going to be talking about why chickens get sick, and I'm going to give you some options of what to do if it happens, okay? I know that there are many of you out there that are very new to chicken keeping, that have started listening to me recently. Um, some of you are waiting for your first flock of baby chicks. It's super exciting. And some of you just got your baby chicks and you're just getting started. So wherever you are in your chicken journey, I think today is going to be really a really good listen. Um, I do think that when it comes to chicken illness, there is a lot of fear involved. Okay. And I, I'm not saying that there's never a reason to be worried if your chicken is sick. There are serious chicken illnesses and conditions that can happen. It, that is true. Um, but in my experience, I don't think it's the best to make decisions out of fear. And there's just a lot of like fear out there. You know, if you go onto social media, Um, and you talk about your sick chicken, you're going to get a lot of responses that might really freak you out. So I, I really kind of want to counter some of that. Um, I don't think it's good to be in that condition of fearfulness all the time. Um, Chickenlandia is about stress-free chicken keeping. So although we do acknowledge there could, there can be stressful situations, there can be stressful moments, being prepared is a good way to avoid unnecessary worry. So that's where I want to get you today. I do have a listener question today, and I'm going to be answering that. And then I'm going to open up the chat here live on YouTube. So the viewers that are joining me here today can ask me questions. If you want to submit a question to be answered on Bok Talk, all you have to do is go to welcome to chickenlandia.com, go to the contact section and click ask a chicken question. And while you're there, you're going to want to join the Chickenlandia Nation mailing list. It is the greatest chicken mailing list in all of the multiverses. <laughs> and I will send you a discount for my online course. It's called Chickenlandia's Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. So definitely 
If you get a chance, check that out. But first, I need to make just two very quick announcements um, because my friends... I still have to pay those chicken bills, okay? We we just got back from Vegas. I'm worried that my chickens are going to find out that I spent all their money in Vegas. <laughs> I didn't. I don't gamble. <laughs> so I, I didn't gamble away their food money, but I still have to pay their chicken bills. All right, so um, I do want to let you know that, as always, this podcast is brought to you by the folks at my favorite chicken. My favorite chicken is my favorite online shop to get my feed. I get my non-GMO, organic, socially responsible scratch and pick feed there. I love that company. I get chicken supplies there. They've got other fun chicken stuff, chicken treats. It is all at my favorite chicken. I will leave you a link in the show notes. Uh, This podcast is also brought to you by my friends at Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is a small local company to me, and they have an online store that I know you guys are going to love. It's really cute. They have uh, three products that I'm using right now. I'm using their organic shavings. I I have tried the hemp shavings lately, but I also use their organic pine shavings. Another one, another product I use is their pet greens. It's these sprouts you can grow in a little pouch. I'm always using those and their flaked oyster shell. Um, you can check these products and other chicken products out by clicking the link in the show notes. And there's a coupon for you too. And if you have bunnies or chinchillas or hamsters, uh, you're going to find some fun stuff there too. Okay. So I wanted to start out with something a little bit different today. I want to read you a part of a message that I received recently. And um, this is a person who sent a message through my website. And uh, not only is it relative to what we are going to be discussing today, but it also really touched my heart. So I decided to share it. Um, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to tell you why I feel like it does have to do with our subject of sick chickens today. This is from Kelly, who had a very long career in the medical field. And then she moved to an acre of land in 2021 and she got chickens. And this is what she said. I did loads of research first. Then I jumped in. I was recommended to a chicken educator and started following their advice. This particular educator was so incredibly rigid that it honestly stressed me out more than helped me feel at ease with raising chickens. So before I read the rest of what she had to say, I do want to chime in here and just say that I have no idea what educator she's referring to, and I'm not saying anything bad about them. Um, I do think that there is a place for that type of education. Some people really want that kind of advice. There are people, and it is totally okay if you're one of those people, who really, really need very specific rules and guidelines so they they can follow them to a T. And I understand that because that's how they feel more comfortable, okay? That is not how I am. That's not how I teach, but I'm not saying that there's not a place for this. I do, you know, I mean, do I think that that type of education is especially helpful in the grand scheme of things? Let's read on and I will tell you why my philosophy is a little bit different. So, uh, so much of what I felt, so much of what felt right to me for my birds was considered by this person to be not best practices. 
from giving them kale to tossing them a few black soldier fly larvae on the bare ground. I actually worried that I was doing an injustice to my birds. Then I found Chickenlandia, and I wish I could turn back the clock and start fresh. My birds are my relaxation in a world of chaos, my peace in a world of worry, and my comic relief. To feel like I was doing something wrong was robbing me of some of that joy. I wanted to offer a heartfelt thank you for your content, your calm and friendly approach, and your encouragement. I'm trying not to cry right now. As the saying goes, people may not remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. You bring joy. Don't ever change even a smidge. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much. Um, Your words... I, you know, I'm not just sharing this to brag, although your words did make me feel very proud because that's exactly why I do what I do. What I want to say is that if if you're if you're finding that you are very stressed out, if you're con- confronting something like illness, especially if you're not if you're you know you're just losing your mind trying to figure out what to do and why it's happening, I want you to first and foremost. Take a step back, breathe, and really try and find that connection with nature. You know, I want you to try and find that that peaceful feeling that is always the goal that we're looking for when we are with our flock and go forward from that place rather than the, oh my gosh, you know, what happened? What did I do wrong? How did I let this happen? How could I have let this happen? Which is where a lot of people go and I go there too sometimes. Okay, but when you're in that place, it's really hard to, you know, actually find the right thing to do. Okay, and, you know, even if you follow the best advice out there exactly to a T, okay, and you feel like you did everything right down to counting how many mealworms you give your chickens in a day, okay, we do live on planet Earth and we all have bodies. Our chickens have bodies. Those bodies can be affected by many things, okay? But I'm going to say something and I, re- I really believe this and Kelly really made it. You know, she, she made me kind of remember this and she made me want to do this show today. I don't think there's much that, that can affect you and your flock more than just being like fearful and stressed all the time. And, you know, coming from coming from that place when you're dealing with them. Um, And it's not, and of course, it's not good for you either. So that's why instead of telling people, hey, you have to do it this way or you're you're doing it wrong and your chickens are going to get sick, you know, what I try to do is just say, I want you, I want you to try and tune in with your flock. I want you to tune in with nature. Listen to your instincts. Remember that humans have been doing this a really long time. Okay. And start from there. All right. So thank you again, Kelly, for the kind words. I really, I really appreciated that. Thank you. So, uh, let's say you did, you have done everything right. Okay. And one of your chickens is not looking well. Uh, maybe they are standing in a corner. They're being really still. Maybe they aren't 
you know, maybe they're walking around a little bit, but they're not really picking and scratching or that they're not really running for the trees like they normally do. Or maybe you've noticed that they are just drinking a lot of water. Sometimes that's like the first sign where they're just constantly drinking water and it's an abnormal amount and you can just tell something's not right. Well, I'll, I will tell you right now that I get a ton and I mean, I get I get messages every single day, a lot of messages every single day from people who have a chicken that is where they know something's wrong. Like the chicken looks listless. It's not eating. Its wings are droopy. And the person is sending me messages like, uh, can you tell me what's wrong? Like, what can I do? And I really understand these messages. Um, and But, you know, to be very honest, unless somebody is taking my course it is impossible for me to get to them right away. I have to prioritize my students. And sometimes I just can't get to all these messages. If I if I spent all my time doing that, I wouldn't be able to do videos or do a podcast or anything. I'd just be doing that. And the other thing is, I'm not a licensed veterinarian. And even if I was, it would be impossible to diagnose what's going on with a chicken who looks ill because it could be so many things and there's so many chicken illnesses that present in similar ways. But in a few minutes, I'm going to tell you what to do in the absence of a veterinarian. I'm going to give you some options, okay? And I'm also going to tell you why these things happen, okay? Like for the most part, generally, why these kinds of illnesses happen. So most of what I see regarding illnesses in laying hens specifically, today I'm going to be talking about laying hens, okay? Because that's what most people have. These illnesses, they have to do with their reproductive systems. You, I, you can find, you know, there's definitely respiratory stuff that goes on, but mostly what I see is issues coming up because of a problem with their reproduction system. And, um, you know, even when a chicken drops dead, like there's a thing called sudden chicken death. Some of you may have experienced it. It's awful. It's when like your chicken was a hundred percent fine. They were pecking and scratching. They were running for their treats. You know, they may have been sitting on your lap acting completely normal. You go back to your chicken yard 20 minutes later and the chicken is just dead as a doornail. Like you just drop dead or you just find the chicken in the morning, it died in the middle of the night, and you have no idea why. Uh, it seemed to just come out of nowhere. So that is uh, called sudden chicken death. That's what people call it. Um, I have a whole podcast about it, and I will link that in the show notes. It Even that does usually have to do with an issue involving their reproductive systems, believe it or not. So also, a lot of chickens die from internal infections and in their reproductive systems, it can be caused by broken eggs inside them, which can be from like being egg bound or being an overactive layer and somehow the egg broke inside them or other internal reproductive issues that are just causing an infection. And I'm telling you that once... Once a chicken has had this type of internal infection, and I know this because I've just seen it so many times, it is very difficult to come back from it, okay? Even with antibiotics, you're likely buying time, um, and 
you know, rather than curing the underlying issue, like whatever caused this problem to occur, occur in the first place. And I'm not telling you that it's an absolute death sentence if your chicken has an internal inf- infection, but it is likely that they, that that chicken will die at a younger age than it normally would if it was just going to, you know, die normally of old age. Okay. Now there could be things that a chicken keeper is doing to exacerbate these problems in a flock. I'm, I'm not going to deny that, but mainly, you know, well, mainly this would have to do with uh, not giving their laying hens a balanced diet with the proper nutrition that they need in order to lay good, strong eggs um, and have a healthy reproductive system. So if if someone's not supporting their chickens in that way, then of course that can cause an issue, okay? But I just, I have to say, like I get so many message for, messages from people and I know they have the best practices, And they're like, I just, I can't figure out what I did wrong. My chicken, you know, one of my chickens died. Please tell me what to do to prevent further deaths. And the thing is, is, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I know, especially for people that are watching my channel, I know that they have really good practices. They're taking extra special care of their chickens. I really feel like it is very likely out of your control whether or not you can 100% prevent these types of issues in your flock. And I'll, I will tell you why. And I'm not saying that it's definitely going to happen, but when it does happen, I don't want you to blame yourself. And I will tell you why. So laying hens today, if you're getting them direct from a hatchery or you're getting them from your local farm store, which means that they very likely came from a hatchery, they are generally not bred for resilience. Okay. Um, they're going to be hardy. They're going to be hardy animals, but the priority when breeding laying hens generally is for prolific laying. Okay. Chickens, you know, they did not always lay the way they do today. Like if you, if you went back a few hundred years and even a hundred years, the, the chickens were different. And they did not lay just this, this crazy amount of eggs that chickens lay today. And they have been bred to lay that way. And, you know, over many, many generations, they've been bred to lay the most eggs that they can possibly lay earlier in their life. Okay. Usually within the first two years. Because if you think about it, most chickens in the world, they actually do not live past a year. And that's not because they're dying. Naturally, it's because, you know, maybe two years, but it's because most chickens live in, a, in farming operations. And in those situations, their first year or two of their laying, you know, that's where they're going to lay the most. Then it will drop off a lot and they're no longer profitable after that point. You know, and they, you know, even if somebody has a small flock, they might feel like, you know what, I can't afford to keep these chickens. I have to replace them with new layers because their laying has dropped off so much. Now, I know the people that are listening to me, most of them, they will keep their chickens. You know, I mean, older chickens, like three, four, five years old, they will still continue to lay. They just won't lay as much as they did in those first year or two of life, okay? So it makes sense that that these, these types of chickens have been bred to lay and lay and lay in a short period of time rather than live 
10 years and lay a little bit less. Okay. You know, chickens can live for 10 years or even longer. I even, I knew a chicken that was like 13 years old. (laughs) She was a laying hen and she was still going strong. But usually laying hens have shorter lifespans than that. Okay. A little bantam that lays a few eggs, you know, every few weeks or something, not many eggs, they will live longer. Just uh, generally they will live longer. So I'm telling you this because I don't want you to blame yourself if your chicken gets sick. And I don't want you to sit there and ask yourself over and over what you could have done differently, especially if you're following, you know, good practices. Because if you have laying hens, it is very likely out of your control. Um, Now, this doesn't mean that, like I said, I just want to say this again. This doesn't mean that every laying hen is going to drop dead or get sick. Like I said, I have I have known a a laying hen that was 13 years old and was still going strong. I'm saying this because I want to give you some clarity on the reality of chicken illness. And most of the time, it's not your fault. Okay, so. What do you do if your chicken does get sick? You have a chicken that is sick. Now, what can you do? Well, going back to what I said about getting so many messages, when people send me those messages, I can't, I can't offer them a diagnosis. The most I can do, and I, I will do it here today, is offer you some ideas for supportive care that will help you to support that chicken while you're researching, you know, what might be going on and trying to figure out what might be going on with your chicken or you're looking for a vet to work with. Okay. And I know that's not an option for everybody. So I always want to mention that. And if you can't afford a vet, that's okay. You still deserve to have chickens. Okay. (laughs) So what I do in these situations is called the rest method. And if you've been following me for a while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is an acronym It is R-E-S-T. So the R stands for remove from flock. You are going to get your sick chicken, remove it from the flock. Okay? You don't want that chicken to be affecting other chickens, you know, especially if it's contagious. And the other thing is, is it's safer for a chicken that is not feeling well to be away from their flock. Because it is possible for other chickens to attack that chicken when they see that it's weak. Okay. And that has to do with the pecking order. So remove it from your flock, put it in a nice quiet place where it can rest and recover. Okay. The E stands for electrolytes, vitamins, and probiotics. Okay. So, you know, when I was sick as a kid, my mom would give me Gatorade because when you're sick, you don't, sometimes you don't feel like drinking a lot and you need liquids. You need to stay hydrated. Like dehydration can make you go down really fast. It is the same for a chicken. Okay. So you want to give them a little extra boost, get some vitamins into their body, get some good bacteria into their body. If you can find something with probiotics, but if all you can find is electrolytes, or if you need to you know, make your own electrolytes at home, which there there is a recipe for that in my book. There's also tons of recipes um, for electrolytes online. Just make sure it's like a reputable source. You know, the, the electrolytes is going to be the most important part of that. Okay. 
the S stands for scrambled egg. And I say that <laughs> because some people are like, what? But <laughs> because it's, a, it's a, you know, they think that it's cannibalism, but it's really not. Like the, the scram- a scrambled egg is the nutrition that a baby chick would get when they are developing. Okay. So it's not, it's not a developed uh, baby chick. So get it, scramble it up. And that will be very difficult for a chicken to resist. Okay. Even if a chicken doesn't have much of an appetite, it'll be hard for them to resist that scrambled egg. They just really love that. And um, the point is to just kind of tempt them so that they can get their energy up a little bit. Sometimes chickens will, they'll just, you know, they've gone too long without eating or drinking and they'll kind of lose that will to live. And you want to perk that up in them a little bit so that they can try and survive and get through this. Uh, so the T stands for temperature control. When a chicken is not feeling well, if they're sick or injured, you do not want them to be struggling to stay warm if it's really cold outside or or cool if it's really hot outside. You want them to be in a mild environment. Um, so I have like an area set up in the garage where I will put them. I used to put them in like a bathroom stall, like a, a shower stall in my old house, uh, but we don't have that in the new house. <laughs> um, just wherever they can exist, where they can just, it's a nice quiet place and they don't have to worry about regulating their body temperature. Okay. So I'm going to leave a, a long, a link to a longer video about this. This is just kind of a, the, the quick version. I'll leave a link to a longer video about it in the show notes so you can check that out. So let's move on to a listener question because I believe this is going to be relevant and might help some of you. This is from Sarah, and Sarah said, Hi, first I'd like to say my husband and I enjoy the weekly Bok Talk and your new book. Thank you so much, Sarah. This morning, while letting my birds out, we found a lash egg. So if you guys don't know uh, what a lash egg is, it's like chickens will lay it like an egg, but it's like um, this kind of congealed mass and it is very dense and it's kind of rubbery. Not, it's not like a rubbery egg, like a shellless egg, because that's, that can happen. And that's, that's fairly normal, especially, especially with new layers or layers that are starting to lay again after they've taken a break. Um, that's nothing to be alarmed at unless it's like happening all the time. But a lash egg is going to be like hard And it's like a mass that comes out of your chicken instead of an egg. Um, So Sarah says, uh, when you Google it, it says death within six months. And we don't have a local bird vet. Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. Um, Sarah, I'm so sorry that you are dealing with this. I know it must have been awful when you Googled that and you you saw that the prognosis was not good. Um, and I do have to say that, yes, uh, lash eggs are an indication of an internal infection um, that will that is likely to be lethal at some point. Um, and I hate to say that, but it is true. But I will say that I'm kind of against ever giving, I, you know, I just, 
I'm against giving up hope. And I really don't like it when someone says, you know, you've got, you're going to die in six months <laughs> because that's almost like, you know, it can become like a self, uh, fulfilled pro- prophecy. Okay. Um, I, I think it's a very powerful thing to say to somebody. Um, you know, I don't think it's great when doctors say that to people. Um, and I don't like anyone saying it to a chicken. Okay. Or to chicken parents. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like that. So my reasoning is we really just don't know how long your chicken will live. There are likely situations where chickens were able, able to overcome internal infections, including something that would produce a lash egg. And, um, we just don't know about it because it's not, you know, when chickens survive it, it just goes unnoticed. Okay. And that, that chicken was able to heal from it. So, you know, uh, with the information that you have, it is important to prepare yourself. But I just don't want you to give up hope completely because you never, you just never know. Okay. Um, I'll tell you that I think if it were me and I found a lash egg, but my chickens seemed healthy and happy and they were still pecking and scratching and everybody was acting normal, I didn't, I can't even tell who laid it. Um, I would probably just focus on offering the best nutrition I can to my, to my whole flock, you know, making sure I have the best practices. And maybe I would, if I didn't have, if I wasn't able to consult with a licensed veterinarian about this, because that's, that's always the best case scenario. Okay. What I would probably do is go for some kind of natural antibiotic in their water, something like or an oregano supplement that is made for chickens. Um, and, you know, I would follow the, the directions on the bottle. There are products like that. The other option would be to use something like colloidal silver in their water. And for that, what I would do, and I have used it before, is I would, you know, I mean, there's there's differing opinions on this. Some people will dose very high with colloidal silver I, because I am, you know, I have to be responsible with what I say and I'm not a veterinarian. I kind of go more conservatively forward with it. Um, but you'll have to use your best judgment on that. I think at the very least I would use the dosage that is recommended for parrots and you can find that online. Okay. Um, and of course I, I would say, you know, focus on, and I would say this to, to anybody, try to focus on the good life that your chickens have, even if it is shorter than you want it to be. Okay. It is a better life than most chickens in the whole world will ever have. All right. And focus on that. Focus on your connection with nature. Understand that there's sometimes there's things that happen in nature that we cannot control and focus on that connection and that peace that you feel when you're with your flock. Okay. Um, that is the best advice I have. I wish I could give you something, something better, but that's the best I've got. And I will keep my fingers crossed for you and for your chicken, Sarah. Okay. Okay. Now I am going to open up the chat for questions. Okay. So industrial crow says, and this is actually not really framed as a question, but I'm going to read it. Um, my hen had something happen very strange. She had a leathery piece of egg hanging out of her. We soaked her and I was able to pull it out gently. That was three months ago. She hasn't laid since. 
So my guess is that she had an egg that cracked. And so what you were pulling out is actually the shell, like the leathery shell of the egg. Um, I hope that is what's going on. There is such a thing as like internal laying and that, that happens when chickens have, and you know, they have something going on and, and they can develop infection from it. But, um, if she's pecking and scratching, you know, I would try to just focus on her quality of life and, you know, make sure that she's happy and she seems healthy. Um, and then, you know, if something comes up, if you notice that she's not well, then you address it from there. But, um, I've had situations like that. I've had chickens that had like an egg break in them and then they just go on to live a full life and they're fine. Um, so that is a possibility too. Um, and I hope she does well. Matthew asks, why is my hen mounting my other hens? Um, so, my, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that you're asking that because usually that's what a rooster will do. <laughs> um, what she's doing is she's just displaying dominant behavior over the other hens. She's establishing her place in the pecking order. She's letting them know that she is the leader of the pack and that they, they need to be submissive towards her. So it's really more of like a symbolic thing. There's not really anything going on there. But um, that's what she's doing. It's, it's just a, it's a dominance behavior. And it has to do with her asserting herself in the pecking order. So Joseph Hernandez says, I got one of my girls getting bullied by the rest. Um, so Joseph... I just posted a video about this uh, two weeks ago. Um, I can't remember the name of it because I can never remember the name of my videos. <laughs> what is it called? Uh, what to do when a chicken is mean or something like that. Like, you know, why is my chicken so mean or something like that. Um, it is, it's about pecking order issues such as bullying. And I really think that you should you should check it out. There's, you know, just very quickly, I'll tell you, you know, make sure they've got all, all of their needs met, make sure they have enough space, make sure, you know, if you can give them more space, give them more space, um, make sure they've got their nutritional needs met, that there's nothing stressing them out. Um, you know, just evaluate all that. And it's important to do that every once in a while, evaluate your practices, make sure you've got the best things going on. Um, the other thing I would do is look over the chicken that is getting bullied and make sure they don't have some health thing going on. Because sometimes when a chicken is getting bullied, they have some type of issue and they're really, really trying to hide it. Because chickens will hide illness and they will hide injury because they don't want the flock to turn on them. Okay, so... She may be, she may have some kind of vulnerability going on. So I would check on that. But if you want to see like the whole process that I do when I have a chicken that has just taken that pecking order way too far, um, check out this video. I will put that link in the show notes for you. Uh, clucking around says, do you have a link for silver? I don't, um, I'll put, you know, I, I can put a link to what I use. I'll just put that in the show notes for you. Um, but I don't have one that I like recommend. I should probably, probably like contact a company and say, Hey, you want me to like, <laughs> you want to sponsor chicken landia, you know, a good, uh, colloidal silver company. Um, 
but for my chickens, I just use a, a pretty popular brand and I will link that in the show notes for you. Uh, Susie Floozy asks, how do I get a sitting hen to give up? Those eggs aren't fertile and the rooster next door is shooting blanks. <laughs> what? How do you know that? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I guess you know because the eggs aren't fertile. Okay. Uh, it's been three weeks and they show only a yolk. Oh, okay. Sorry. I should have read the, <laughs> the second half of your message. It's been three weeks and they only show a yolk when I candle them. Okay. Okay. Uh, my favorite way to break a broody hen. And when I say break a broody hen, I mean break them of their state of broodiness. And when a chicken is broody, that means that they have the instinct to sit on and hatch out ba- and raise baby chicks. Okay. So during that time, they are not laying or anything. They are just sitting on the nest. They are incubating the eggs and they're waiting for them to hatch so they can raise their their babies. Okay. The way that I will try and snap them out of this if I don't want them to be broody anymore is I will take them on a very long car ride (laughs) or sometimes two car rides if they're being really stubborn. Um, and that will usually snap them out of it. Like I'll just put, I'll just get like a crate and I'll put like a puppy pad or some paper towels or like a thin towel down. Um, so they can't like get all nesty in there, in the, in the crate. And it kind of will cool them off a little bit. And when you take them for the car ride, they're like, okay, um, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm being abducted by these aliens (laughs) and maybe it's not a good time for me to raise baby chicks. Like, I really think that's their, that's their reasoning. Um, obviously if they're like super stressed out by that experience, don't do it. But to me, that's the easiest way. And it's a, it's a, it's a fairly gentle way to break them of that cycle. Um, the other thing you could do is put them in a, in an area with like a wire bottom, like a little hutch with a, with a wire bottom so that they can't really nest and it will cool it will cool off their underside because when a when a chicken is broody they their under their belly like heats up in preparation to incubate their eggs okay and they'll they'll like pull out the feathers on their belly to make it nice and warm get that skin to shell contact okay so when you put them in that wire bottom cage, it, it cools them off and they can't nest. And so that can snap them out of it. Okay. And you might want to do that for, uh, it's probably going to take a few days. Okay. And make sure they have food and water and that it's predator proof where they are. Okay. All right. So uh, Brandy asks, uh, for respiratory infections, uh, Thailand 50 orally, so I, I, I'm not sure what you're asking. So I think she's saying, should I give uh, Thailand 50 orally since Vitarex is not working? I'm uh, scared to get it in his lungs, not in his esophagus. Okay, so uh, what I'm gathering is that you have a rooster that's got a respiratory thing going on. Um, and yes, some people will use Thailand. Uh, the thing is, is that that is for a bacterial infection. Um, so it's, it it may or may not work if something viral is going on, then it won't, it it shouldn't have an, it could have an effect on if there's a secondary infection going on. Um, but if it's just a viral thing, then it won't have an effect effect on that. 
you know, I will, I will say I don't reach for, um, over the counter antibiotics first thing when I have respiratory stuff going on in my flock. I am somebody that uses homeopathics. Um, but I know a lot of people who have, who have had success, uh, with that particular antibiotic when they've had respiratory stuff going in your flock. And if you really feel like, you know, I need to take it to this next level, then I would say, go ahead and do that. You know, you use your best judgment for what you have going on in your flock. I'm just somebody that, uh, you know, years and years ago, I was injured by an antibiotic and it really changed the course of my life. So now I am very um, conservative when it comes to using that type of medication. Now, this the one that you're talking about is way more benign than the one I took. Okay. <laughs> the one I took, people, people died from taking it and I had no idea. I just, it was prescribed to me. And so I took it and I had no idea that it would, it was going to injure me. Okay. So I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, I just, you know, I, I'm a very natural leaning person. So I, I lean towards homeopathics. Now there is a podcast that I did specifically about respiratory illness. And I have like a protocol that I follow for respiratory illness. It's in my book and it is also in this podcast. I will um, post a link to that in the show notes for you so you can check it out. Um, You know, the way I, I think you're talking, when you say you're scared to get it in his lungs and not in his esophagus, you're talking about like giving feeding it to him like with a, um, a needleless syringe. And that is, um, a, that's very smart for you to be concerned about that because it is extremely easy to drown a chicken while you're trying to give them a, a liquid. Okay. So, uh, what I will tell you is if you put it kind of on the side, like put it into this, put the, get the needle syringe. And if you're giving them a, a specific dose of it, you can put it on the, uh, like in the side of their beak, you know, put a few drops on the side of their beak and they should, it will pool on the bottom of their beak and they should kind of slurp it up at that point. Okay. If they don't, and it just falls out of their, out of their beak, um, that chicken is very, very sick. And I would say probably beyond treatment at that point. Okay. I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, I wouldn't try and force feed it to them. I just can't, I can't recommend that to anyone because it's so easy to aspirate a chicken. Okay. Um, but then I, I'm fairly certain that that particular antibiotic, you can just put it in their water. If they are drinking, then they will get a dose, but I'm not, don't quote me on that. Do not quote me on that (laughs) because I'm not positive. Okay. Just follow the directions. Um, that, you know, if you're able to find directions from a reputable source, follow that or follow the directions on the bottle. If there are directions for chickens on the bottle. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to my moderator and co-producer Kelsey Paulus, also known as the Chickenlandia presidential advisor. Thank you to talking to crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate and review it. But most of all, 
Remember that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye. Dalia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.